This is On and Off Your Mat podcast episode 12, when your life needs a little coaching. My name is Erica and I'm your host. For this episode, I sat down with Lauren Zweller. Lauren is a yoga and meditation teacher, but she's also a whole living life coach. We really connected on the importance of self-care when looking for growth in our life and on that idea of whole living. So today we sat down to talk about what does it mean to be a life coach and how did yoga influence her on that path. As always, I really appreciate your support. So as you leave a review on iTunes or on your iPhone podcast app, you automatically enter a giveaway. Once more, Atleta is supporting this podcast in their efforts to ignite a community of strong women who lift each other up and is giving out a $75 shop card. So if you want to know more, stay tuned and I'll give all the details at the end of the show and I'll announce the winner of the last giveaway. On that note, take a listen. I am sure you'll enjoy. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Life coaching is something that's been getting more and more popular, and I've personally been curious about it. So I thought it'd be a great idea to connect with a life coach here on the podcast so I can ask all my questions. So Lauren, I know you're a yoga teacher and you're a life coach as well. But before we start talking about life coaching more precisely, can you tell us a bit more about yourself and the story of how you found yoga? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been practicing yoga for a really long time, but I didn't start making it a daily practice until about six years ago. Mm-hmm. I was a dancer and I was I grew up and went to a performing arts high school and also went to a performing arts um, college. And I was required to take yoga every morning. Mm-hmm. It was a requirement as a dancer. And I had no idea at the time how beneficial yoga was to my body and my well-being, mm-hmm. my you know my body, mind, and spirit. But I had a really bad injury that happened when I was a sophomore in college as a dancer, and it took me out. What happened? I tore my hamstring at the insertion mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was so painful. And being a dancer, there's if you don't have extension, there's just no way that you can, <laughs> you can't dance. Mm-hmm. So it took me out and I plummeted into this very, very deep, dark depression. Mm. Um, mostly because I had been so used to moving my body my entire life and I was so defined by my dance career mm. that when that was stripped from me, when that was taken away, I had no identity. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was outside of dance. So that led me to a very, very deep, dark place. And I searched for outlets outside of myself to try and fill that void. I started seeing a therapist. I was put on medications for anxiety and depression and nothing seemed to work. And one day walking out of my therapist's office, I walked by a yoga studio and there was a sign in the window that said, breathe, Mm -hmm. come inside. And something called me to go in and take a yoga class that day. And I never looked back. I have shown up on my mat every single day since Mm. that, that first yoga class where I understood that I had a deeper purpose than just being defined as a dancer. Mm -hmm. So that's what brought me to yoga. And what was that deeper purpose? The deeper purpose for myself was that, and it really comes into my coaching practice, that I could heal myself through, and those medications that I was on and seeing a therapist, therapists are great outlets and great tools for people, but they weren't 
it wasn't showing me that I had something to give. I healed myself through yoga and through coaching and doing deep work. And so my purpose and going to yoga and finding that, finding my deeper purpose was that I healed myself through yoga and I wanted to be able to share it. My purpose was to be able to heal others in the same way that I was healed. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, what's the parallel between yoga or teaching yoga and then doing work with a life coach or becoming a life coach? Is there a connection? Is there a resemblance or do they complete each other? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have a, a, you know, a pretty regular yoga practice, which I know that you do, Erica, you'll know that showing up on your mat and starting the physical practice opens up a lot in your body. Mm -hmm. um, whether you want it to or not, it just happens. It's part of the practice. It's one of the results of being in a yoga practice. And some of these stories that come up are hard to work through mm. on your own. So hiring a life coach for me, when I hired a life coach, my life coach would help me sort through what came up, up on the mat. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes as a yoga instructor, I felt when I was teaching, you know, right after I finished my yoga certification, I would work with clients one-on-one -on -one for private yoga sessions. And they would come to me after class and, and ask why certain things started to come up. And I felt as though I didn't have the tools to be able to guide them mm. to that place. And so life coaching was definitely a parallel to the yoga practice because I then went back to get my life coach certification so that I could help them process what was coming up when they were on the mat. Mm -hmm. So now how do you juggle both? Like when people come to you in class, how do you pass from one hat to the other? Yeah, I... Would, I set them up for private sessions. So mm -hmm. if something does come up, I'll tell them that I will work. This is something that we can't work through, you know, just in 10 minutes speaking together sure. most of the time. So I usually have them come in for a session. I have a strategy session. And then if they sign up to work with me, we work over an extended period of time. Of time. I have a four-step process that I take clients through to kind of uncover their stories and then get them to where they need, you know, where they need to go to meet their future goals. Mm -hmm. And when you started to see a coach for yourself, what were you seeking in your coaching? How did you need help to move forward in your life? I, the big theme that was coming up for me was this definition around me being a dancer and not knowing that I had a deeper purpose. Mm. So when I started to do yoga, all of these, all of these stories started to come up, all the stories of, you know, being unworthy and not being lovable um, and feeling as though I had, you know, really worn a mask for most of my life and being defined by my dance career. When I was on stage and in the lights and in front of people, I was at home and I felt comfortable. But to have a conversation with someone outside of being on stage underneath the lights I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I had no deeper connection to who I was and who my, you know, who, who I was as Lauren Zoller. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. So when I started to do, when I started to do yoga, that started to come up and my life coach helped me figure out my story. So she asked questions to get me to kind of uncover who I was outside of Lauren on stage underneath the lights, putting on a performance. Mm-hmm. And she asked me the really hard, deep questions. Mm -hmm. She also helped me help me find balance in my life, which is something that I was really struggling with at the time. 
Mm-hmm. Are you still seeing one now as your at the same time as your life coach? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a very firm believer that um, you know whether you no matter if you're in a healing profession of any sort, it's always good that you are immersed in your practice. So in your definitely healing, you still have a coach. Yeah, because it's never done, right? Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why did you then decide to become a life coach? Like, why are you on this path now? I know you mentioned before to heal, but is there something else you want to add to that? Um, It was, it really was because I wanted to be able to access deeper healing. And I also wanted, I had goals for myself. I had, you know, once I started to find out that I, I wanted to heal and be able to share that with others, I wanted someone to hold me accountable to reaching goals. Mm. So that is why, um, and and life coaches are fantastic at doing that. You know, my, the difference between a life coach and a therapist is that life coaches work from present to future. We want to know, you know, what we can work with in the present moment to get you to your future goals. And we will, we will hold you accountable to reaching them, but you, we want to empower the client to be able to to do that, to step into their own and to be able to reach those goals. Therapists work a little bit more from past to present. Mm-hmm. So they're digging, they're doing the deep digging to realize, to try to figure out why you are the way that you are from what happened from past experiences. And we really work in the present moment to get you to where you want to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. How does a, a session look like when you meet someone? Yeah. So my practice is pretty streamlined. I always offer clients a free 30-minute strategy session if if they are interested in life coaching. And in this 30-minute strategy session, we I kind of talk a little bit about what it's like to work with a life coach, mm-hmm. but I also want to know, you know, what they're going through to see if I'm going to be if we're going to be a good fit. So a coaching relationship has to be a good it's a relationship. It has to be a good fit on both sides. So there are a lot of you know people that come to me that are interested in coaching and they may not be ready for coaching or they may need therapy. I work hand in hand with a lot of therapists um, in Nashville that I refer clients you know out to and I work hand in hand with them. So it, it really is that 30 minute strategy session. I talk a lot about what you can expect in coaching, but I also allow the client to talk about why they feel they need coaching. Mm-hmm. And then from that 30-minute strategy session, I, if they do want to work with me, I take them into what I call my initial coaching package. I work with all of my clients um, initially on the front end over eight to nine sessions. Mm-hmm. And it's a four-step process. The first session that we have together is a 90-minute discovery session, and it's a complete download. So we put everything out on the table. I And from that session, we set three-month goals that the client wants to meet in working together. And then every session after that goes through my four-step process. And I'm sure the way you're directing your questions and the way the sessions are leaded is based on your personal goal as a coach and what you believe in. Yes. Do you have like pet peeves that you always come back to with a lot of clients? So I think what people... If you've never worked with a coach before, coach coaches ask deep questions 
to get you to a desired goal. So coaches will never diagnose or tell you something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've never been in coaching before, to be asked questions for 90 minutes <laughs> it takes a little bit of getting used to. And there can be some frustration involved because you're having to really dig deep. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to pet peeves, you know, I, as a coach, you are someone's biggest cheerleader. So everybody is at a different place when they come in. So there's really, you know, no pet peeves other than, um, you know, clients that just don't show up to do the work, which most of the time they're, I, you know, they're not going to be a candidate for life coaching on the front end. Mm-hmm. And what is your definition of success in general? I believe success is work-life balance. I really do. I believe that you can have all the success in the world. You can monetary, you can have all the monetary success in the world. If you're working yourself to the bone and you're not filling your cup back up through self-care and giving to others, that is not success. So I truly believe success is living your purpose, but also being able to do that from a space of healthy, balanced work and life. Mm. Is that why you call yourself um, a whole living life coach? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of my, the majority of my clients are high achievers. I have a lot of professional athletes. I have a lot of CEOs, a lot of entrepreneurs who are very immersed and very successful in their careers. And they struggle with finding that life balance. They struggle with taking time for self-care. They struggle with um, throwing you know, themselves fully from a vulnerable place into their relationships. So I believe in looking at your life as a whole and making sure that everything is balanced to where you can be so successful in all areas of your life. But if you're not full yourself, you're not taking the time to fill your cup back up, you are not going to be able to show up and pour into others in your job, in your relationships, for your children. You have to find that balance of self-care. And it's just as important as showing up and you know grinding yourself to work. Do you think that boils down to feeling whole or feeling enough? I feel like so much of my yoga clients and in myself, most of the issues always comes back down to that. Yeah, absolutely. So is that something you address directly head on? Like where would you go from there? Is there something that you'll Mm -hmm. always ask a client about having that in the back of your mind? Yes. So what we, if you coach with me, I'll give you kind of a quick rundown on my four-step process. The, if you think about a tree, the analogy of a tree, the first place that I always work with my clients is in the seeding stage. And in that seeding stage, we look really deeply at, you know, where are you stuck? Where do you believe you're stuck? We kind of get, like I said, that first 90 minute session, we get everything, all of the fears out on the table. And then the next step that I work, once the fears are out on the table, we take a look at what I call the rooting stage. And these are reoccurring stories we have told ourselves our entire life, for our entire life. And that, Erica, is usually where the the incomplete and mm-hmm. not feeling whole shows up. Mm-hmm. And I address that head on. That is the first thing that we look at. 
Because when you can bring light to those stories and you can, you notice that the guilt and the shame and the fear and the feeling of being unworthy is underneath so many of these stories that replay in your head over and over and over, bringing, just bringing light to it can elicit change. Mm -hmm. And I don't, in my coaching practice, I do, I bring a lot of yoga and meditation and journaling and doing intuitive listening, intuitive speaking. We get really deep into those tools, but I won't even really dive into those tools until the third step because we have to address those underlying stories first. Mm -hmm. And so the third and fourth step that happened towards the end of, you know, that first initial eight to nine sessions together, the third step is the growing steps where you use the tools, the yoga and the meditation to, to really be and, and heal those stories that you have been telling yourself for so long. And then the last step is the blossoming stage, Mm -hmm. which is where you get to go and, and, you know, share your light and your love and your healing with others and do things that make you feel whole. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a full circle. That sounds nice. Yeah. That being said, if someone or if I would decide to work with a life coach, how do I know one, if coaching is right for me? And how do I know when I find someone that that person is right for me? That happens usually in every, every coach will give you a discovery session. And during that discovery, and they may call it something different. They may call it, you know, an intake session. Um, But it's really, you don't really know until you interview coach. Mm. Um, so what would you ask? You. If you were coming to me for a discovery session? Yeah. Like what, what should I ask a coach or what a listener should ask, ask a coach when they meet for the first time? Yeah. So usually a, a, when someone goes to a coach, they're really dealing with something that they feel stuck in. So the first thing I would ask you is where in your life do you feel stuck? Mm-hmm. And depending on the answer and what comes up, once the answer is answered by the person who I'm interviewing, will then elicit whether or not I feel we can continue the relationship together. Mm. Um, if coaches, I like to say that I work with, you know, individuals who are willing to do the work and who want to do the deep work. Mm-hmm. So you can tell as a coach when someone comes to you in a discovery session whether or not the person that you are interviewing really wants to do the deep work or not. Mm-hmm. I would just say, and if you're, if you are looking for a coach, it's the same way that you would, you know, go to a therapist and interview a therapist. Not all coaches will be right for you. Mm-hmm. So it has to be somebody that you jive with. There's a lot of coaches, life coaches out there that deal with specific, um, specific topics like career or transitioning or relationships. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends on, on what you need. And if you guys have that connection together. It's a relationship at the end of the day. Sure. That makes sense. So once we start, how can people know if one, the sessions are working for them? Or maybe my question is more, what are the keys to having like a successful coaching experience as the client? Because you said you have to be willing to do the work, but Mm -hmm. past that. Yeah. So you have to be willing to do the work. In my coaching practice, we set clear defined goals. So I always say, you will know that we have worked well together and you will know that I have been beneficial to you if you meet your goals. Okay. At the end of our, you know, eight to nine sessions together. I've never had a client that has not met their goals. There have been a few that I've had to let go because they did not do the work. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you will know that's a tangible, that's a very tangible thing as a coach that you can offer your, that you can always offer a potential client is if you've met your goals, which is what my goal is as a coach is to get you to meet those goals at the end of our sessions together, you will know that coaching worked for you. Mm -hmm. And so on their own, they have to do work. Do you give them like journaling to do at their house? How Mm -hmm. do, what sort of tools for them to get closer to their goals from appointment to appointment with you? Every client is different, but I do have some staples that I give in each in each session. I have something called the Wheel of Life, which mm-hmm. we always start with, and it it looks it's broken into thirteen categories. And I have my clients score from one to ten in each category, and we look at, and then I have them journal a whole page on each section. Mm-hmm. And this happens over time, and so there is there's a lot of journaling. There's a lot. I have a lot of tools as a coach that I can give to my clients to help them kind of prompts mm-hmm. to to get them to the deeper work. So they do a lot of work on their own. And then when we, they come to the session, we work through that together. Mm. And do you think anybody can become a life coach? I do. And I, I do. And I don't. <laughs> um, it's a tricky I question, right? It is a tricky question. I, I believe that there are definitely people who like, I love deep work. Like mm-hmm. I'm always in, a season of change and a season mm-hmm. of, you know, helping myself become a better human. Mm-hmm. And I believe that others who are the same way are, are great candidates, you know, to become life coaches. If you don't love the work, you may, you may not be a good candidate to be a life coach. <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's just going to be really hard for you to guide someone else there. What else does it take? Does it take like really good listening skills? Like I'm sure there's other characteristic that makes a really good life coach or yes. reason why you think you're a really good life coach. Yeah. It's you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. It's listening. Yeah. Um, and it's a hundred and it's the hardest thing as a coach is you're just there to listen. You're there to listen and, and guide, but you're not there to fix prescribe to fix. Yeah. We're not to prescribe or fix. Mm. Um, so And that's hard. Listening is very hard mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Especially when you do want to help. Right. Do you sometimes feel like listening is not enough? Like you would want to do more, but you know that you shouldn't and you kind of stay back? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, but when you, and this goes back to yoga, Erica, when you, and you know this, this is in the yamas and the niyamas, um, and it's it's, you know, non-harming and non-stealing. When you tell someone what to do, you are stealing from them. Mm. So you're not allowing them to be on their journey to find out what they need to find out on their own. Um, and so I believe I always come back to that. Whenever I feel the urge to want to tell someone what to do, I always come back to my yoga practice and tell myself, if I tell them what to do, it's stealing. It's stealing from their experience, but it's also, it's stealing from me mm-hmm. as well as their coach to be able to show up fully present for them. Hmm. That's a good point. And so coming back to your purpose, I guess empowerment has to be an important part for you. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. Before we finish, I would like to... We already, we talked about your four steps, right? The process of coaching. Mm-hmm. And I would like to make maybe, if you're okay with that, a list of few questions that people could start to like think about. So 
guys, if you want to get a pen and a piece of paper, we'll, we can start a reflection all together. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, so before you said, if I remember correctly, where are you stuck? Mm-hmm. So that's a place, a great question to start. Where are you stuck in your life? So you know what you want, right? You know what you're seeking. If you don't know that, right. you, there's not really anywhere else to go from there. So what, true. What are you afraid of? You said before? Yes. What are Mm -hmm. you afraid of? Okay. What else? Where are you lacking passion? Mm. Does people talk more about relationship, work? Yeah, it could be anything. It could be relationship, work, self-care. It could be... um, I've never thought about that, being passionate about your own self-care. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. Mm -hmm. It's it's one that, that people overlook. Yeah. And I believe it's the most important. <laughs> I like that. What about like what makes you happy? Yeah. What makes is you that, happy? Is that important? <laughs> That's very important. Very important. And I believe I think another great prompt that I love to when you're when you're speaking about passion mm-hmm. and you're looking at, you know, where are you lacking passion? You all you have to get clear on because passion is you know, it's hard to, to tangibly touch passion, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a very kind of elusive word that we use and it's hard to tangibly touch it. So a good question to, to kind of counteract that is where in your life, like how do you feel joy mm. in, your, in your body physically? Like how do you know when joy has arrived? How do you know when happiness has arrived? Just that is so and, challenging. Oh, it's so challenging. It's so challenging. But if you don't know how it feels... Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know how love feels, if you don't know how happiness and joy feels, you may not be able to answer the where are you lacking passion. But that might tell you where you're stuck. Maybe it's connecting and feeling right in general. Right. Hmm. Any other questions in that area and like the where are you stuck? What's going on now? I think a good question for to kind of wrap everything up, even no matter where you feel stuck. And this is kind of this is a deep question, but in the area of where you feel stuck, what would you do in that area if you knew that you would never fail? Hmm. So what would you do in that area if you knew you would never fail? Because so many of our fear-based stories bleed into why we are not happy or passionate in a certain area of our life. Sure. Would you give an example of that? Um, yeah. So I would say if you are, so I have a lot of clients who are looking to find their life partner Mm -hmm. and they have been in failed relationship after failed relationship. So they feel as though they are lacking passion in relationships, right? In a physical, intimate soulmate relationship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them will come to me and they will speak, you know, oh, there's just not someone out there for me. I'm giving up on dating. I'm not going to date anymore. And I always ask them, okay, well, let's take all of that aside. What would you do if you knew that you wouldn't fail? If you knew that you would not fail in a relationship, what would you do? And most of them answer, well, I would go on dates, right? (laughs) Or (laughs) I would decide to date this person who treats me really great because I feel like they should, they should, you know, have a chance because they're not going to hurt me. Mm. And so that, that shows you 
where you're stuck and how so many things that we tell ourselves are just stories, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes it's just stripping away those stories and bringing light to them that can kind of get you out of an unstuck place. And what kind of questions can we ask to bring light to those stories? Like I'm sure a lot of stories, like we said before, feeling whole, feeling enough, those are super common. So mm-hmm. is there questions where you prompt to... F- point out the stories themselves? Yeah. A a really great exercise for that, Erica, is to write, to do a a free download. So do, you've heard of morning pages, right? Which is, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of morning pages, but morning pages is a, we call it a a thought download. There is no, there's no agenda. You're just writing, Mm -hmm. right? For three pages longhand. And I think a great way to start that conversation with yourself is to have have the thought in, in your head, okay, what reoccurring stories keep happening in my life? Like if if you're thinking about relationships, right? If we stay with a relationship theme and what are what keeps happening to you in that area of your life? Hmm. And just write, just write about it. Write with no agenda. Just let the thoughts come out. Yeah, with no censoring. Just let the thoughts come out on the page. And then take a moment, walk away from it, and then come back and read it and process it. Hmm. And be able to, and that's where a coach is is really great because when if I ever do a thought download, I have my client, you know, bring it to me and we'll read it together. Hmm. And sometimes it's a matter of having someone outside be like, How, what does this feel like? Does this feel like you are living in, in guilt, right? Are you, are you living from a fear? If you're, every relationship you've been in has ended because you don't want to take it to the next step, that's fear. That's fear showing up. So how can we, when that fear conversation comes up again, how can we shed light to it so that it doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. And we can get you unstuck from that place. So really it's the thought download. Um, and you were talking also about coaching being from present to future. So do you ask mm-hmm. questions that are about the future itself? Like what type of life do you envision for yourself or that kind of thing? Yes, absolutely. Um, those, that first session, when we're in that 90 minute discovery session, I, the first thing that we get to is what do you want your life to look like mm-hmm. in three, in three months? Mm-hmm. And when clients start to speak those goals will start to present themselves. Mm. And when you can speak what you want your reality to become, it's the universe gets the signal and you're, you will start, the universe will guide you there mm-hmm. if you can get clear on it. So a lot of your job is to help people get clear on what yes. they need, what they want, what's yes. stopping them and how to get there. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I asked you before, uh, do you ask them what success looks like to them? Like in their goals, basically, not only like what are they seeking, but how are they going to measure that it's improving or that they are being successful? Yes, I definitely ask them um, what success looks like to them. And what I usually get on the front end is very, you know, if, if I'm working with somebody from the work-life balance I'm working with my CEOs and my entrepreneurs, it's usually very tangible monetary goals. And so I would ask, I would then start to ask deeper questions around that. 
um, to get them out, kind of out. But I believe is how you feel when you've reached those goals is what matters. Mm -hmm. So if we can tap into those feelings, then you will know when you can feel that in your body, you're going to know when you hit those, those goals. Okay. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you one more thing. On your website, you have this quote about stories. Can you say what that quote is? Yes. You have a story and it's meant to be told. Exactly. Um, do you think, or how does that has applied to your life? Like is telling your story has helped you in becoming a life coach? How does that reflect what you do and who you are today? Yeah. So we as humans are bred for connection. And so many of the clients that I work with deal with a lot of the same. When you boil it all down, we're all dealing with a lot of the same things in regards to emotions, right? Mm -hmm. We're all living a story, you know, out of fear, out of guilt, out of shame. And I believe that when you are able to share your story, you're able to connect with other people and heal other people through telling your story. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's deep. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we finish? Is there anything else we haven't? I don't believe so. I think, I think we've done kind of an over a large overview of what coaching looks like. Mm -hmm. I'll put all your informations on um, the show notes, but is there a place, is there, what's the best place for people to find you if they want to connect with you? So you, I, on my website at laurenzoller.com. And I also, you can connect with me on Instagram as well. My handle is just at Lauren Zoller. Mm -hmm. And there are links. If you're interested in a strategy session, you can sign up on both Instagram and on my website for a, for a free strategy session, a free 30-minute strategy session. And I would love, Erica, to offer your listeners 20% off an introductory coaching package. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll put all the info in the show notes on how people can do that if you give me like a promo code or something. Yeah, I'll do that Perfect. for sure. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you for offering this to the listener. That's a really generous offer from you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was my, fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. We have other great guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe. Now, if you want to make my day and get your chance to win a $75 shop card from Atleta, all you have to do is head on to iTunes or go onto your podcast app on your iPhone and write a review. As you leave your review, you automatically enter a giveaway, and I will announce the winner on the next episode. If you're newer to reviews, check out my show notes for instructions or for more info about our guests of today, or you can also go to my website, ericabelanger.com slash blog dash podcast, and I write my first name with a K. Last episode, Atleta was also giving out a $75 shop card. Thank you so much if you left a review. The winner for that giveaway is user Porche6. She said, This episode spoke directly to my heart and resonated so deeply within my soul. Standing in universal love and my truth is my goal. Learning and trusting to be vulnerable, to not be afraid, and to honor and accept the consequences of my truth. I have felt so much shame around issues and after listening, I don't feel so alone. I want to teach and hearing this podcast validated my philosophy and lets me know this path is the right one. Thank you, Erica and Karelia. Looking forward to more listening. Well, thank you so much for your comment. See, it's that simple. Email me at erica.belanger at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram and I'll send you your shop card. Once again, thank you for listening and until next time.